This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. We are out and about today in Filton to speak to Andrew Billingham um, about the YTL Arena. Amongst other bits and pieces, we're going to get to know Andrew a little bit better, um, also talk about his career, and then we're going to get brought up to speed with where we are on the YTL Arena itself. Rich is with me, as always, on this podcast. And Rich, we came here in August last year, which seemed like only last month, um, and had a tour of the hangar and had the presentation, and uh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It is, and excitement levels for me are peaking now, because after visiting the hangars originally back in August, like you said, to see that as it is now and then to see the presentation we saw of the final product, so to speak, yeah. I can't wait for the journey to begin at, but even more importantly, to end. So yeah. there. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a, forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a journey that um, you know has got various stages, but we'll come on to that later with the development of the the, the village itself. Um, but Andrew is with us now. Andrew, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to to meet you and your team. We're looking forward to seeing seeing the next few. We're years. excited for you guys to be part of our journey. Well, so no, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Um, before we get onto the YTL arena itself, let's learn a bit more about about Andrew. Um, born and bred in Staffordshire. Staffordshire. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the the first time, well, I I've travelled a lot, um, having lived in Staffordshire. I, I work for. Big sports brand Adidas, uh, three stripes, based out in Germany. Spent a couple of years, you know, traveling to and from uh, Germany uh, at my time there, but never, never moved from Staffordshire. The only time I've ever moved away from Staffordshire was when I came down to Bristol. Um, right. When I joined Steve Lansdowne and, and, and Bristol Sport as chief uh, chief exec, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, what 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 a great first move. Loved it. Absolutely. We're touching on. Firstly, Adidas. I understand you were involved in the Predator. I was. Yeah. So uh, I remember. Doing research. I, no, well, I remember watching Craig Johnson, mm-hmm. who designed it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your part? Did you, obviously you worked with Craig Johnson quite closely. I yeah, absolutely. I was. I was part of the product development team and then the sales launch team um, for Predator. What? What an incredible um, um, invention! You know, mm-hmm. he he had um, table tennis bats. He took the rubber off them. He created these fins, yeah. and you know, I, I had a pair of the original samples. Wow! And yeah, exactly. But I don't now. <laughs> oh, well, and, and what a mistake! What an absolute mistake! You so, know, not to have kept the, the originals. Um, but for some reason, you know, I, I didn't. But an great, an incredible invention. That I actually think it was only a couple of years ago they went out of production. I think right. Predator has lasted for you know a couple of decades yeah. as, a, as, a, as a concept. Well, that's that's what I said to you, wasn't it? I said. 
they actually still exist. Because I remember I thought they did. playing Sunday morning football back no. in the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If someone took a pair of them on, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better be a good, you could curl it to the top corner. <laughs> Don't worry, I was trying to do that myself. This, this, this boot will help me curl it into the top corner. What I'm I not wondered, sure it did. But. What I've wondered about the Predator is why they never made gloves for like your long throw specialists. We did. Or is that, oh, we did they did. For an April Fool's. Okay. <laughs> we did it for an April Fool's day. Um, we put them on David Seaman, who was England goalkeeper at the time. Right. And uh, it was all about the fact that he could come out and punch the ball and would help the ball swerve um, into different directions. And mm. he was clearly just an April Fool. Yeah, it never went into production, though. <laughs> That's fantastic. Ever. Yeah, I, I, I guess it could be seen as getting an unfair advantage or something along those lines. You know, because they've got towels around the pitch now and you have to have it there for both clubs and things. Well, the most... The, the most um, uh, the, the the biggest delivery of Predator boots that I personally ever made um, was down um, to Southhurst Park mm. to a young player that was coming through the ranks and he could only wear size eight and a half worn-in boots and we could only get them from a player called Charlie Miller um, who used to play for Rangers. Mm -hmm. So I got them shipped down to Manchester, which was head office, and I personally then had to take these boots down to Southhurst Park because this team, uh, we're playing a team called Wimbledon, mm -hmm. and the player was a guy called David Beckham, oh. and from Manchester United. And that day, he scored inside um, uh, their own half, Manchester that United, yeah. and lobbed the goalkeeper. Wow! That day, it, he it, that changed his that well, that that made him. Yeah. You know, he was he was already coming up. Um, you know, we recognised it as a as a brand. We wanted to get our product on his on his feet. Um, but from a predator point of view, wow! Amazing. It so said, "Well, if Beckham can score from the halfway line, so that was the first. That was his first game in these boots. Yeah. And if you go, if you if you look back, um, he has the originals, and it has Charlie embroidered on right. um, on the tongs. Yeah. So he he he, he still has them now, but he, he put them in a museum that, that he had for a while. Um, so yeah, so. Oh, what a great start to the podcast, a yeah. story like that. No, fantastic. Um, you, you touched on uh, being the CEO of Bristol Sport there. Yeah. I was uh, lucky enough to be involved over the weekend in the celebrations of the Ashton Gate 8. Fantastic, wasn't it? Um, and uh, the pitch parade, the mosaic, the night before. It's just, as a Bristol City fan of 35 years, yeah. it will live long in my memory. And I won't talk much more about it because I don't think I'll be able to. <laughs> but we had David Rogers on the podcast last night where we did the post-match reaction and talked through... Um, it's great that they, it's great that they, they marked and, and celebrated you know, yeah. the, the occasion. And I, and, and I think you know uh, the club, um, Steve and, and, and everybody there as a team, they, they did an incredible job. So, yeah. so well done to everybody for that. Yeah, and just wanted to tell you that... The, the the six plus the two, you know, obviously that couldn't be their their standings, walking onto that pitch, being in that stadium that, that you were a big part mm. of, um, they were completely overcome. Wow. Completely overcome. That's really good. That that that's really great. It's it's one amazing project to be involved with and I and I'm very proud to be, you know, to be asked to be involved in it. And um, you know, we started with with a stadium that, that really wasn't fit for purpose. Um, um, you know, there, there were no executive lounges and no, it's the only ground in the whole country that didn't have any corporate boxes. Yeah. Um, the concessions were, were very poor, but, you know, in a very quick space of time, you know, we, we knocked each stand down to the time, rebuilt. Unfortunately, I had to move season ticket holders, you know, from one place to another along the way. And at the same time, bring Bristol rugby down from, from the mm -hmm. men. Um, 
thankfully we put um, the, the, the Deso pitch in very, very early, yeah. um, which has is, is absolutely stood the test of time that you can see now. Very well looked after by Dan Sparks and his team. Love Dan. <laughs> Dan, was a, Dan was a great team member, very committed, very, very passionate about what, what he does. Um, he wasn't too happy with us doing the rehearsals on the pitch, wasn't he? but he <laughs> was very accommodating. <laughs> he, ne- he never, he never will be. Because, quite right, you know. Yeah, absolutely, we, we, we run slippers. It's his baby. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then the stadium was always there. You know, not just for football and rugby, which was Steve's Steve's vision, but it was also to, to be hosting concerts as well. And, and mm. you know, the, the the team have done that really successfully. So yeah, yeah. it's great to hear that that you know. Oh, they were. It was a, they were absolutely overjoyed. Going going to the stadium now. Such a what a great, magnificent Spec- theatre it is. Spectacle. It's also almost some ways a blessing that the Ashton Bell project didn't didn't I've, come about really. I I wasn't involved in 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 obviously the the Ashton Vale um, um, challenges and and obviously it, it wasn't a starter. My own view coming into it once that decision had been made was I agree. I think it was the right decision. Yeah. I think to be at your spiritual home, it's it with all the history. Um, you know, just talking to Marina Dolman and spending the amount of time that, that I did with Marina and you know, with, with Harry Dolman and he, he'd been involved in the Dolman stand and as chairman, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you can't rewrite history no. books. So I, I, I agree. And, um, and I think it's definitely the best place for it. Well, and and it looks fantastic. They've, they've now found space for the, you know, the, the basketball um, yep. which next is to be it, incredible. which is going to be great. And it's proximity to North Street with the, the bars. And I know there's, you know, lots of development going on. So... I completely agree. Yeah, no, that, is, that is the whole day, though, isn't it? When you go, when you go to watch Bristol City, it is yeah, it's all of it. Just the game it is the kind of going to the pubs before and chat, meeting up with your friends, and, and 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 that's where you take the old stadium it was with no real facility, no. fan facilities to what it is now with the fan village, the sports bar, you know, the improved sort of food and drink, the, the hospitality. Yeah, it's 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 a great stadium and a great oh, place, place to go, and you know, a place that. It was very much that we wanted to make it feel Bristol, you know, have have the elements of the, the food and the drink and mm. support Bristol. And, you know, and I, I absolutely have taken that sort of blueprint from, from what we did at Ashton Gate mm. and want to continue that with, with, with the arena. And between two two of us, very, very you know, big power houses in, 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 in our respect in terms of employment and supporting local, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's what Bristol, you know, deserves. Yeah. Going back to um, to Bristol City, uh, there was an initiative called the City Sevens, mm. which was born in Stoke, mm-hmm. um, and I know you were a part of that. I was. Massive, massively important to get the younger generation involved with a football club, um, to get them in. I think I started around seven, going to watch Bristol City, and it becomes a big part of your life. So it's really important to bring that through, isn't it? It was a key thing for me. And you know, again, very proud to see how the memberships continue now. You know, we 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 wanted people to sort of buy into to to Bristol sport. And if you're a Bristol City fan, you know, you may want to go and watch the rugby. If you're rugby, you may want to go and watch the basketball. And actually, you know, I think God, when when twenty fourteen, I think the average age, certainly from a Bristol rugby support at the time, was mid fifties. You know, so the, the the sevens program that sort of you know we we um, introduced and adopted, give a shirt away, um, you know, ten pounds as a membership. They get a shirt. You put the colours on their back, whether it's whether it's the, the the blue and red of rugby or whether it's the red of, of city. You know, you're absolutely right. They start to buy into the brand, and they mm-hmm. they 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 then attach that loyalty to that football club and that rugby yeah. club, and you know. 
season ticket with a with a free sort of sevens child and that and you're going with mom or you're going with dad mm-hmm. and you know and then you will become mom mm-hmm. and dad and then you're going to take yours so it's self perpetuating and and I, and I look at it every year the the average attendances you know that are growing obviously it's been a been a tough couple of years with pandemic yeah, absolutely for everybody yeah but sort of take that away all the way up to 2019 and it will continue um, I'm, I'm sure is, is is really important. We've got to start at grassroots, and mm. and City Sevens bringing that from Stoke, that concept, and putting it into Bristol, you know, has has worked really successfully. I'm I'm, I'm really I'm really pleased for the, about that. Absolutely. You touched on the pandemic there. How much has that impacted this project, the YTL Arena project? Because you are in a design phase, yeah. an understand phase, if you like. Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of office based. Yes, goings on and with remote working, and obviously you've got a you know an office here that's quite you know, quite spacious. Has there been much of an impact in terms of the development and the 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 end goals? Um, I have to say there has. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know because I I think the pandemic even from the beginning part is we were all trying to understand what was going on, <laughs> didn't we? You yeah. know, all of a sudden we're in lockdown. Wow. The, the, Nothing the, the world's never, never been here before. <laughs> so it came from nowhere, didn't it, basically? It, it really did. And then all of a sudden we're coming back out of again in June. And then I think, I can't remember the dates, but then we're going back in yeah. to a lockdown. So I think that for the whole world, there was a, there was a huge learning curve in terms of what, what is the pandemic. So more of like a psychological impact on your staff. I, I, I think so. You know, we, we, I was really proud of the team that, that, you know, we did continue to keep moving forward. Um, but, but maybe the sort of the decision-making process probably wasn't as quick um, as it probably would, mm. would have been without a pandemic because we're having to deal with this, um, you know, this, this huge global issue at the yeah. same time. Yeah. But thankfully, we weren't operating, you know, and, and thankfully we were, at a, we were at a stage actually from a design point of view that we could take working from home, step back, and I could actually get the team mm. in a real focused environment to, to focus on you know some of the key areas and actually I think for where we are now from a design point of view I think the pandemic has really helped us actually right. because we've been able to really analyze in detail how many toilets do we have what's the percentage <laughs> how does it work for different event types mm. what's our focus how can we better how can we serve better what's security etc 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 um, so I, I I I actually think it's it it really works in in our favour to be honest in the end. Yeah. Um, well, look, uh, you know, obviously it's absolutely devastating, and we we're not saying it it's it's not, but a lot a lot has come out of the pandemic in terms of you know the the, the rise of Zoom, for example. Yes. That's enabled our podcast, you know, to have guests remotely around the world. Yeah, amazing. Um, that amazing. we can just dial in. We've got our own microphones, yeah. um, and, and you know, point rich, yeah. well, yeah, he's my microphone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like that, um, and uh, yeah, it's you've got to make the best of it, haven't you? Yeah, but, and, and and I think there's a, there's a huge amount of positives that have come out of it. I think even moving into the hospitality industry now, it, it becomes common practice that you will order your food or drink on your phone, maybe yeah. your table. It's quicker service, so I think there's there, there's a lot of positives that, that mm. have come out of um, the panic is we're still in it yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think as we start to look forward and I think we have to look forward you know we we operate you talk about Ashton Gate and Bristol and Bristol Sport and Bristol City um, and, and YTL Arena and the entertainment industry we operate in a live 
environment. This is for for players, sports athletes, live musicians. They want to get out and they they, they want to perform. They want to perform live. Um, and I think all part of that whole social being is that you know mm. people want to get back out. Yeah. They, they want to enjoy. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. absolutely fantastic. We were coming across the. Uh, was the, that the Filton Road where we where, with the airport on your left? I don't know what the name of that road is. You know, with the Royal Mail and all of that. Oh, you either the A thirty eight, yeah, road, the bypass. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming across there. Yeah. You look across to your left, and it's the first time I've really noticed the development of the the village. Yes. Start to come. Um, obviously, you know, going out to the Mall, you sort of see the entrance bit, but you don't always see how far it's now getting towards the runway. Yes. Um, and I say, we were there in August in the hangars. When, when we're, where are we now on the journey with the YTL Arena when the work actually starts inside the hangars? Um, the, the exact date is yet to be defined. Okay. Um, you know, at the programme as it stands now is, is towards um, autumn um, of okay. this year. Right. Um, but we've, we've got lots of enabling works to do within mm -hmm. the hangars. So there's a lots of demolition, there's a lot of preparation work to do. Making um, it safe as well. Well, well this, this, it's an incredible building. It's, it's amazing. It's, it blew it, my mind. It's mind-boggling, really. It's been... It, the yes, size of it. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's 70 years old. Yeah. And you know the amount of surveys that we've had done, again, which is another benefit of the pandemic, because we've been able to probably go a lot deeper in terms of, um, in, in terms of our review. Mm -hmm. But the structure is in incredible condition. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we've still got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do around the surrounding area. Um, so, you know, that, 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 you know, we hope um, we'll, we'll start in, in the coming months that we'll start some of the enabling works. Um, there's obviously enabling works that's already starting to happen in terms of the airfield. You know, we talk about the house. The infrastructure. Up, the yeah. infrastructure. So, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm, such words. Fingers crossed, yeah. No, no pandemics, no sort of lockdowns. You know, towards the end of this year, mm -hmm. we will we will start to get into into the building and, yeah. and start to develop the, the arena in uh, in in, in yeah. full earnest. That's brilliant. So I kind of read that you've selected your partners, the kind of architects and things like that. Uh, all our design team have been on board now for yeah for the last god. Um, since last spring, I would say. So it's quite exciting. You know, some, some of them have been involved in the Eden projects, things like that, and Abs Wimbledon, things like that. Absolutely. And over in America, some of the yeah, we've football got, franchises. We've so. got an incredible design team, you know, and a team of, I would say, 50, 60, 70 people um, right. when you start to really count. Dotted all over the country. Yeah, when you get, you know, so we're really making sure that, you know, what, what, what we have to think here is that we're taking an existing building. And we want it to be a next generation venue that is for music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of venues in the past have been more basketball venues, certainly in North America, basketball venues or ice hockey mm -hmm. that then convert into music. Mm -hmm. So making sure we've got incredible acoustics, mm -hmm. making sure that we've got um, amazing back of house dressing room and crew facilities. Um, making sure we've got the mo the best front of house fan um, facilities, and it's all digital and it's techno and, and and we and we make sure that it's 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 a um, uh, technologically 
advanced sort of fan um, fan experience. Yeah. All of that is really, really important um, because we are building a music venue. Mm-hmm. You know, 78% of the, the, the content in here will be music. Yeah. So we want artists and fans to have an incredible experience. That, it's that wire moment, isn't it? Like you know, the Ashton Gate 8, walking into Ashton Gate. It is. It's that wire moment. Yeah. It's when I saw a video of, of a young lad going for his first game on, on Saturday and he's going to expect that every, every game now. <laughs> um... The look on his face. Yeah. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? It's it that is. X factor moment. And the, the acoustics on, on the on the roof of, of the Lansdowne stand, mm-hmm. even the sound stand as well, the angle of that roof, yeah. you know, the, the light coming through it, mm-hmm. you know, it was all all, all, very, all very well considered, you mm-hmm. know, to make sure that you can try and keep, mm-hmm. you know, that acoustic noise into there and intimidate the away um uh, the, the, the the away team, etc. We've got to do the same here. Yeah. And and you know, that coming back to your to your question in terms of the design team. We've got the best acoustics um, people on, on here. You know, yeah. we've got the best um, sort of engineers, the best architects. So, yeah, we've got, we've got a great team, um, a really, really good team. What I really liked about the designs um, and the images that I've seen is the fact that you're trying to... There's definitely lots of nods to what it was. So there was 10 Concords built in those hangars, and that supersonic theme is, yeah. is going to be pivotal. Yeah. Do you like that? I love it. <laughs> good. We, we I love it. We we big fan of Concorde and everything. You know, the, you know, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Concorde hasn't flown since car get my dates right. I think it was two thousand three, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you know, coming to twenty years, and we talk about city sevens and the youngsters coming through, and they're like, "What Concorde?" Yeah. But you know, heritage and continue to tell the story. That aircraft is still the only aircraft that's gone <laughs> supersonic. Yeah. yeah. And it was built in Bristol. Yeah. And whether the seven-year-old has got you know their mother and father or their grandfather and grandmother, it's amazing to me how many people have a connection to the hangars. Mm-hmm. You know, up to twenty thousand people working in those hangars at one time. Right. And actually, you know, out and about talking to promoters and agents and you know artists, etc. They all know Concord. They all they they all sort of there's all a lot of them have got a connection back to Bristol and. The, uh, Everyone knows a, it's amazing. A, a family member or someone who worked there or had something well, to do with Concord. I threw this in last time, I think, when we last came here, that my dad worked for British Aerospace and go. he was part of the party that went up to London to hand over kind of some sort of check wow. to sign it off. So he was an accountant in British Aerospace. Amazing. And there you go. And, yeah. I, think, and I think so that, that connection, yeah. It does it supports it. And so for us, for this to be the home of supersonic, you know, entertainment and music is really important. We want to continue to tell that story. So, listen, we don't want to go over top, over the top. You know, it is. We want it to be a next generation um, venue that every Bristolian and everybody that lives in the southwest is really proud of. You know, that that's our real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that every artist that comes to the back says, "Do you know what? That was a that was a brilliant experience." And they remember us rather than it just be, "Where am I? Am I in Glasgow?" I mean Birmingham. We they, want them to come to Bristol, Bristol and they yeah. go, I remember Bristol. Yeah. Talking about um, talking of artists, have you got a kind of a wish list? We've got a few. A few on the list. How far so who's who you sang the song them. Supersonic, Rich? Oh, Oasis, wasn't it? There you go. But, it's um, the reforming what? of Tell Oasis. What? If we get them to reform now, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Just one, that one song. <laughs> how much how much yeah. you, how much are you gonna cost? How, how far in advance do you need to book? Because obviously artists we, book we, tours we, years in advance, I guess. Yeah, and actually they're they're booking earlier now. Because what's happened, come back to pandemic, and I hate keep coming back to things, but mm. you know, you've had you've had um, creative musicians, artists all locked up, um, writing new new content. Yeah. So so the backlog 
of new content is is unbelievable um, from what we're being told. The only way that the artists now really make money is by touring live. Because you know, when you have your Spotify's and you streaming, they're they're earning fractions of a pence rather than previously they were earning one, two pound an album. So so I think the live the music industry and the content's gonna come out is gonna be incredible. Look at Adele, you know, just just put out a new album and etc. So um it's I think it's an exciting time to yeah. be to be in the live music um, business and I think we could be opening um, at a fantastic time actually yeah. I guess it's it's one of those things where once you start taking on bookings getting them lined up then you're definitely having to <laughs> make it for that well it comes back to to what, what you know very well you can't move a football match <laughs> you can't move a rugby match and that was always something that was very much in 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 our you know, not rear view mirror, mm. mirror, but in front of us. You know, and and so yeah. No, don't worry. We'll um. We'll, once 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 we get going, I think it's a it's yeah. a nice one to say. Well, we've got X coming to play on on Y dates, and it gives you a bit of focus. But we're talking to people now. We have been for a while. Bristol is on the agenda for lots and lots of touring mm -hmm. promoters. We we, you know, we we get lots of requests all the time. But um, and we'll start to firm those firm those up. I think we'll. We'll probably go on sale with our first live events around about 15, 12 to 15 months before we're about to do it. How far widespread do you think the target audience for this arena will get? You've got the whole southwest, so maybe two, maybe two into Cardiff, uh, even as far as for sure. Reading, things like that. Uh, absolutely, Reading. So. Yeah, um, we think it's a two hour reach at least. We think if, you, if you're living in Reading, you're not traveling across London to the O2 yeah. because you're probably having to stay over because mm. um, it's all public transport. Um, you come to Bristol, and, <laughs> and, and it's you know, you're not going to be able to get there until Saturday. But I, I tell you what, the team has done an incredible job there. I know Steve Sayer who who, who runs it, and uh, they've done an incredible job. They, they're going to be back open on on Friday. So wow. just, just a, a shout out, well done to the O2 team. But um, yeah, Reading, all the way up to South Birmingham, um, obviously all the way down to Cornwall, Devon. I think we, we we've got a great reach. Well, people will travel much further as well if they're fans of a. Of a particular band, they may have seen them in all of those venues, and they, yeah. well, I want to go to Bristol and see this new venue. But we're gonna we're gonna pick up everybody that would travel past our front door anyway mm -hmm. to go to London O2 or Birmingham, um, or and I think you know we we know we're gonna pick up a lot of people that just think God, I don't really want to travel to London to go and watch said band. I love them, yeah. but it's just a bit too far. When they come to Bristol, yeah. I think that whole latent. Um, sort of demand will be um, will will hopefully come to come to Whitehall Arena. Yeah, just going back to the to the Concord as as a massive fan. You've got the museum over the road. Yeah, um, which I took my three year old boy to, and you know that wow moment when you walk into that hangar and see Concord yeah. there all lit up. The the um, the projected display on the side. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, by celebrating Concord. Uh, as part of this arena, it's, it is passing on that knowledge and that nod to the next generation. Completely. Uh, because being from, from Bristol, you know, I'm, I'm 40, Rich is, Rich is 50, but anyone sort of 30 and above, I'd say, yeah. will have that appreciation for what Concord is. Yes. And it's given, that, it's given that nod to our heritage as a city, isn't it? There's, um, there's a gentleman called Alan Hale, who's been airport manager... Um, uh, at Filton and at the Brothers and Hangers um, for around 42 years. And we do joke, because I won't let him go, <laughs> because 
he, for me, will epitomise when we open those front doors um, the ambassadorial um, person that will be very proud and be able to tell the stories mm. to all of the, the young children that we want to come on tours. You know, this arena is not just you've got to pay to, to come through the door. Mm-hmm. We want to open the doors for tours, for educational um, 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 you know, opportunities. And I think Alan is, is key to that, um, you know, to make sure that we can continue to tell, tell the story. Mm. Standing up on the top, looking down, Kids, do you realise there used to be ten Concords? Oh, by the way, here's a picture of Concord. Yeah. This used to be an aircraft. Yeah. This this is the story. And now yeah. this is it's it's now a supersonic arena. And then you've got either side of the main hangar, the the, the hubs yeah. for educational purposes as much as you know, as much as engineers. Do you know and, and, and it's a huge selling point for Bristol that we do have the two um, adjoining hangars. Mm. You know, um, we're not just an arena, standalone arena. Mm. Those two spaces, certainly the exhibition centre, you know, bolted onto it. Certainly Bristol doesn't have a space of this size. You know, we're 22 metres high, we've got no columns. Um, it's an enormous hangar in its own right. So for exhibitions, for conferences, for conventions, it's really important. But if we're to really stand out from the crowd and not be another just arena and attract the awards shows to Bristol, so um, BBC Sports Personality of the Year, we've yep. already spoken to them. Right. They absolutely use a space like the Exhibition Centre for pre-show and post-show entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then they bring everybody in for the TV show, on the floor, you'll see them all sat at the tables and whatever. Um, and then after the show, they'll go back into that, that space as mm-hmm. after show. So the Brit Awards, you know, we know the Brit Awards really well. They've never been out of London. Yeah. So we're saying, why not? You know, I, this is about being inclusive. This yeah. is about this is about taking music across the UK, not just being London centric. So, you know, absolutely, we are we are having those conversations and trying to put Bristol front and centre. And it is the adjoining hangars that gives us that that sort of unique position to mm. be able to have those conversations. Right. What I'm interested with is additional hangars as well. When we last when we took the visit back in August, when we parked in the back behind the the arena, there was a, there was a a TV or a movie set there going on. Yes, could that could it almost be like a Bristol Hollywood or a Bristol Pinewood Studios? Because they obviously sure. film a lot in Bristol anyway, don't they? Well, we, you 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 look at the news and and, and the bottle yard is extended. Um, the there's just not enough space for for film and TV um, at the moment, which is what we're being told. You know, you look at your Netflix and Amazon's the content yeah. that they're pushing out, BBC. Constant. It's constant. So so yes, we've that had could be a remarkable sound stage there, couldn't it? It could be. We we've had filming there for, for six months, we're getting inquiries now. But um yeah, again, those those two hangers can absolutely lend themselves to being um, um TV film. And even rehearsal space for, for bands that are going out on tour. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we've got an incredible complex. Yeah, like a pre-Glastonbury um, pre uh, rehearsal space. We bands that are obviously headlining Glastonbury. Yeah, 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 Com- completely. On the way through. Completely. So, so we're now in February 2022. Yep. <laughs> Come around quickly. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, yeah, wow. just to let you know. Um, what, what are the key landmarks? You know, I'm not holding you to dates or anything, but yep. what are the key landmarks over the next two, three years for you, the key sort of milestones? Well, clearly, clearly the next uh, milestone is, is um, commence construction. You know, that, that is, a, that is a, a key milestone for us. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're heading towards that date, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, from all the false starts that have been 
um, in the city for not having an arena. You know, I rest assured, YTL are one hundred percent committed to delivering an arena for Bristol, and not just an arena for Bristol. It it'll be a arena, hopefully, that everybody's really really proud of. You know, we we we're approaching this in a very different way. So I think construction is a key milestone. I think launching all of our memberships is is going to be another mm -hmm. critical milestone. So we've got some incredible lounges and hospitality areas. Um, so we will be we'll be launching those. Um, then our first show on sale, mm. you know, and um, we will be putting together an incredible red carpet week. So we're always starting to, to think about well, what does that first week look like? Um, and we want that to be, you know, really impactful. So put in, and, and then I think that that's, and then clearly you know, the final milestone is doors open, which mm. is going to be uh, an incredibly proud moment for, for everybody, yeah. I'm sure. And then that's, that's you know, once that's delivered, the arena, the, the three hangers, there's the whole other infrastructure around Brabazon mm. uh, that's going to come with it over the following years. It's an incredible project, and you know my, my colleagues who who um, uh, work tirelessly on Brabazon um, is um, it's going to be an amazing district neighbourhood. You know we've got a five acre lake that's going to sit outside the front um, front of the hangars, the front door, um, and park. I think it's one of the biggest parks. That's, that's been built in in fifty years in, in this region, so lots of green space. Um, yeah, new new town centre, new train station that's going to link um, you know link the whole of Bristol yeah. together. Metro bus stops that connects the south of Bristol all the way through to us as well. Yeah, Brabazon is is an exciting place to be, and I think you only have to take a look at the the houses that that are, um, are coming out the ground now yeah. and are selling super super fast because I think people are buying into the fact that this is going to be a really sustainable um, sort of development, um, um, you know, for for you know, for generations to come. Is this a, is this a wide range of houses? Obviously, yeah, got the affordable housing, affordable. But you've, got, you've got the bigger, yeah, affordable the big guns got, as well. Absolutely, yeah, and and, and it, it is. It's it's an incredible. It's going to be an incredible uh, development, and and it's not just just taught now. You know, it is coming out of the ground and. Um, and people that are, are wanting to get involved and, and, and be part of it uh, as, as snapping the, the sort of the sales so, team's arms off. So the train line will be open, uh, not, just, not just for um, kind of when gigs are on, is it? Oh, no, no, it's literally week. all the time. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I think that's pretty critical on the basis yeah. that there's going to be thousands of homes here yeah. and employment mm -hmm. um, and the arena. Um, yeah, no, and, and for us, it's it, you know, the town centre that will be around, around the arena is. is it's pedestrian only, so you know we want to try and reduce car. Um, you know we want to make this a green. So so the train, the train line and connection is is, is really critical for that. Yeah. There's yeah. been so much focus in the company I work in over the last few years and beyond, but you know a real front and center now on sustainability. Yes, um, I'm sure this is a very sustainable project. Uh, Electric points everywhere yeah. for you know for vehicles etc. Uh, tell us how how you're how, how you're achieving that in your approach over the coming years to ensure you meet that sort of sustainability milestone if you like. Well, I can I, I can talk to the arena specifically. Um, you know, for us, sustainability is the spotlight is absolutely on that for us. Um, and it's not just because it's a moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, it it it's because 
this is vitally important because we're going to be the operator of this long term. This is not just us building something to pass us over. Yeah. This is a YTL owned and operated venue. So it's really important for us, you know, not not just because of all the environmental um, um, benefits, which is cru- which is which is crucial, um, and in terms of the in terms of the climate, but in terms of how we operate as well. So no single use plastic in the building. We made a decision really early on. We've got no gas going to the building whatsoever. We'll be 100% electric. Um, we're using the whole of the roof to generate um, power through through PV panels into battery storage that will be able to power the show. Um, all of the rainwater that will um, will be collected on the roof will fully flush every single toilet um, um, that's, wow, in, the, that's, the, that's, in, that's in the building. Um, so yeah, I think that sustainability is, is is definitely being centre stage for us right from the beginning. Um, and it's no surprise to us over the last two, three years um, that people have been trying to sort of change the way that they sort of want to approach things. For us, it's been just part of our journey, you know, already. And it's really important to note that I think it was the Climate Pledge Arena that opened in Seattle um, about six months ago that was, the name was taken from Amazon and it's Amazon's um, sort of sustainability pledge, climate pledge. Um, and they've said they're going to be the most sustainable arena, and we benchmarked ourselves against it. Uh, and without doubt, we're going to be, um, we, we will be one of the most sustainable venues uh, to open, sort of, you yeah. know, when, when we do open. I guess that's one real advantage of, you know, I know there's a shell there already, but you are starting the development with that in mind. Yeah. You know, when you try and convert something is not quite as, as often as easy. Do you know what, that's a really good point. We are, I think we're saving something like 11,000 return flights to New York with our existing building already in, in carbon emissions. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with the steel that we're retaining, with the concrete, you know, that we, that we already have there and we're going to crush, etc. So, yeah, as an existing building and repurposing that building, um, again, definitely, definitely puts us centre stage for mm. uh, for the for sustainability. Perfect. Tell us a little bit about how, so how often are you speaking with YTL? So out in a, Malaysia, Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a family yeah. over there that uh, that run YTL. Yeah. Uh, so it's a daily relationship, is yeah, it? Absolutely is. <laughs> we 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 are we want to yeah um, very much um, yeah. I've been in meetings since since sort of eight o'clock this morning, um, and you it's now it's now two o'clock. You, we, well, no, that's, that's not early by any stretch of You know, this this it's because they're eight hours ahead, so you know they go on to very uh, to very late um, as well. But we are yeah, we want team. We work so very very closely six, with them. They are six hour meetings. You know, it's I know, but yeah, because this is important to them. This absolutely. is this is, and I can't emphasize that enough. I think. For, for Bristolians, for, 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 for everybody that, that will come to the arena, and, and as I say, hopefully be very proud of it, they couldn't have, in my opinion, a better family shareholder that are investing significant money mm. into repurposing these beautiful hangars into something that's going to stand for another 70 years mm. and give a lot of people a lot of pride, you know? And, and they... they yeah, they are family and and quality and how it will perform is is really important to them. So mm-hmm. no, it's a daily relationship and, it, and we enjoy that. It's it's great for me. Obviously, growing up from Bristol, that they love the idea of maintaining the hangars rather than just oh we're flatten the area and can build a and and they, they could have done that. Yeah, because you know, 
incredibly, the hangers are not, not listed. Um, um, you know, so they could have um, taken it and started again, but it was never, never, never on the agenda. This is about preserving them, and actually, it's a great, great unique yeah. selling point, isn't it? It really is, and the shape of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we've got no. Generally, what you'll do is you'll put all of your heat in and your cooling systems on top, and you put a nice little facade around it. Most hotels now, all of ours is out the back on what we call a backpack because we we want to keep the shape. Um, we absolutely want to keep the shape of those buildings very, very visible. Well, you, you think, you, know, you said the Opera House, which is a, a unique shape. Yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone knows the kind of the silhouette mm. of that. Yeah. This is something not it will being be used to come. It could be equally as um, iconic, couldn't yeah. it? Yes. That shape could be equally as iconic. At the moment, yeah. when you think of Bristol, you think of the Clifton Suspension Bridge. Yeah. You know, most people think of, of that, that shape. Yes. There's another great shape that will be associated with Bristol yeah, once yeah. this oh, all... Good. Yeah, no, takes, that, takes place. that's good to hear. I, 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 I think so. I think because there's not many arenas that that are going to have this sort of three arch shape. And yeah. if you sort of look at our branding, we've to, we've tried to keep the three shape in our branding. Yeah. The supersonic sort of waves and and the boom. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to keep sort of yeah all all of that very much front and center um, in, in in what we're trying to do. So yeah, fantastic. Well. I'm very excited about what the next few years holds as a Bristolian, a proud Bristolian. Um, Rich, what show are you going to come to? What, 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 what? Anything and everything. <laughs> you're, best, you're, you're my best customer. Over the last two weeks, two weeks, two years, yeah. you know, all those opportunities before the pandemic yeah. where you had to go and then it's taken away from you. Yes. You don't, you don't appreciate it until it's gone, do you? So I think yeah. everyone now needs to live yeah. as much as possible see as much as possible in particularly in spaces and events where there's lots of people because that's something that was completely taken away from us yeah rich well being 50 patch as you pointed out earlier sorry thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> i mean like this is something well, listen, all, all, all of our listeners know how old you are yeah <laughs> i didn't want to mention it <laughs> but, um i've been waiting decades i've been a music lover kind of you know, I've had to travel to Cardiff I've been to Europe to see like some bands things like that but to have it on my doorstep and to see big bands I can't wait this, I've been waiting decades for this like, you know, we've, always, we've been promised these things and, yes. and they've come and gone in the past but and, and, and we and, and we will and we have to deliver um, because it has been sort of you know, promising promising yeah. and, we, and, and we will and you know one of the other things I just want to mention as well is we're still building our team so you know we, we're going to employ what 600 plus people uh, for the arena. So making sure that those jobs are you know in the city yeah. uh, and for people Friends of Bristol, that's that, that's going to be that's going to be really important for us as well. So you you, you talk about patch one the sort of um, next milestones that will be a key milestone all the way through to, the next yeah. sort of you know two two and a half or so years. Um, so. Keep an eye on those message boards, people that are sort of looking for, for a new job or a, a career change or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd love we'd love to hear from uh, from from people. Yeah, absolutely. I will post all the links to your websites Thank and you. Instagram and, and all of that, all that good stuff. But um, I just want to say massive thank you for for joining us and talking us not only about the YTA arena but some cracking stories yeah. um, about Bristol Sport, Predator, etc. Well, there you go, you did your research. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. And uh, as you say, we hope to be able to follow the journey over the coming months and years. We'd be delighted for you to follow, to follow the journey. Yeah, because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a journey. And and you know, as a massive fan of of music, aviation, etc., it's a perfect 
a perfect relationship. So thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank Brilliant. you. Yeah. We'll be back Thanks again soon. In fact, yeah. we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Thunder